It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. It's not one, but it's two back-to-back state titles for the Goodland Cowgirls. To the pros. Kick on the way. It is up. And good! It's good! The Wildcats are champions of the Big 12. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Seeger in the score, Grossman to third, two to nothing, just like that. Alvarez turns on the ball, there it goes, Jordan Alvarez gets the Astros on the board with an upper deck home run. For Schwarber in the regular season, now Harper deep into right center, and he'll watch this one fly! Second home run of the inning! Perdomo, a high fly ball into right field, Castellanos at the wall, and she's gone! Geraldo Perdomo, a big two-run home run here in the sixth inning, and the D-backs have some life in Philadelphia. Receiver emotion, shotgun snap, quick throw, far side, on the goal line, falling down, Allen catches, belt high, touchdown! Inside the pylon, far side of the field, and the Chargers have struck first, on a one-yard touchdown pass, put him at the two. There's the snap. Crops back five. Power to block. By in time. He arches a pass in the end zone. Over the shoulder catch. Far side touchdown. Brandon Cooks is caught. Shotgun snap. Right tackle block. Herbert Messi pocket throws as he is hit. A throw. It's intercepted on a dive. It's intercepted by the Cowboys at the 33. Stefan Gilmore got it and seals a Dallas win. And good Tuesday morning, everybody. We're back on the Morning Blitz on 102.5 UROC, simulcasting AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Of course, also online at nwksradio.net, the Rockingham app. Glad you're with us here on this Tuesday, October the 17th. Another nice, cool fall morning. Temperatures in around the mid to low 40s on our way to a high in the mid-80s today. Warmest day of the week expected today. Temperatures going to go back down into the 70s, but still some pretty nice uh, weather on tap this week. Pretty dry and lots of sunshine for you here on this uh, third week of October. Uh, as always, you want to be part of the Morning Blitz, you can hit us up on our text line, the number 785-899-2222. That's 899-2222. Get your thoughts, get your comments in throughout the program. Uh, let us know what you're thinking on all kinds of topics here today. Where uh, We'll be visiting with Lance Barr, head football coach of the Hoxie Indians. We'll be visiting with him about his 100th career victory and where his team sits going into a massive matchup uh, against Rollins County. Uh, here on Friday, a huge ball game uh, between the Buffaloes and the Indians. So we've got that coming up for you here at the bottom of the hour, a conversation with head coach Lance Barr. We've got uh, we've got Let's Rank Something coming up in our third segment today. We're going to do college football conference rankings. Uh, where do the conferences rank up so far at this point in time? So we'll be ranking the college football conference rankings at this point in time. Uh, and so we got that to get to today as well, but we got plenty of things to talk about in our first segment looking back at yesterday and the day of sports, whether it's uh, MLB postseason, Monday Night Football, uh, big news for Kansas basketball as well. We got lots of things to get to. Let's get to it all with the front page. 
Read all about it. Read all about it. The top stories of today. I got the early edition. Hot off the press. It's the front page on the Morning Blitz. Front page, really? I want to start, though, with the most important thing, and that would be uh, Keisha State Golf. Uh, the ladies' first round is in the books. Got done yesterday evening. Uh, got the scores in and tallied. And at the 3-2-1A Keisha State Tournament at Heston Golf Course, uh, here's the latest update. So, Colby currently sitting in second place as a team. They shot 80 over par as a squad. That would be eight strokes behind Silver Lake, who's currently leading at this point in time uh, after day number one. But it's kind of a log jam there for the top four spots. You've got Silver Lake uh, at 72 over par. Uh, You've got Colby at 80 over par. Jefferson West at 82 over and St. Mary's Colgan at 83. So you've got four, three teams there within three strokes of each other. Colby, Jeff West, and St. Mary's Colgan. And then you've got Silver Lake leading the pack about eight strokes ahead of all that. With one big full day of 18 holes left, I think it's come down to about those four teams. We'll see what happens. Barring just a massive turnaround from a team like uh, Caney Valley or something like that, uh, those four teams are in contention to win uh, at least the top spot and bring home some hardware for their respected schools. We'll see how each team performs uh, here today in day number two. You would think scores would be a little bit lower. Um, weather's going to be a little bit warmer, possibly. Who knows about the wind there at Heston, but the weather should be a little bit warmer. And the big thing is, you know the course you're playing. You understand the course that you're playing, and and you know how to, what you what what things you did wrong in the first round. You're like, I'm going to do that better the second time around. I know you've had practice rounds. But all this stuff beforehand, but now this will be the third time the kids have played the course. So you've had a practice round, the first round, and now you get a, a third round to figure this thing out. Uh, and then you should be able to figure yourself out and hopefully put up a decent score. So we'll see where it stands. But right now, Silver Lake first, Colby second, Jeff West third, St. Mary's Colgan fourth. Those four teams all in the mix right now for uh, a state title at the 3-2-1A Keisha Girls State Golf Tournament. Uh, tip of the cap to Goodland. They just missed qualifying as a team. They were seven strokes back of Fredonia, who is the last team to make the cut. There's 12 teams that make the state tournament. Only six teams. The top six teams stick around for day number two. Goodland missed that cut by seven strokes. Fredonia shot a 110 over. Goodland shot a 117. Still, though, the Cowgirls do get a couple of ladies to stick around due to their individual scores, and that would be the Cure Sisters. Natalie, the freshman, Allie, uh, the sophomore. Those girls, once again, had great showings after their uh, first day there. Natalie shot a, sorry, Allie shot a 90. Natalie shot a 101, and those scores were good enough to get them into the second day of the tournament on an individual basis. So those two girls are still going. Uh, looking at the Goodland side of things, uh, some other scores from the Cowgirls. Bree Carmichael shot a 106. Uh, Tori Jones probably was the surprise. Uh, usually she's been one of the top two Cowgirl golfers all season. Uh, she shot a 104. Uh, Marie Martin a 112. As I mentioned, Natalie Cure shot a 101. Uh, and then we had uh, a 106. 118. So Goodland, once again, very solid showing uh, there, but just missed the cut by seven strokes to qualify as a team. Once again, it'll just be Allie and Natalie Cure uh, going for the Cowgirls. Looking at Colby scores uh, from 
yesterday. The Lady Eagles had a very solid showing. Got to find those. Here we go. Uh, Anna Starbuck shot a, or excuse me, Anna Starbuck shot an 82, by the way. That put her currently in the third. I want to make sure I get this right. Individual. There we go. Thank you. So, looking at the individual scores, Anna Starbuck shot an 83. That's 11 over par. She is currently sitting in third place. Rollins County's Amelia Bowles, who qualified as an individual for Atwood, she is also going to be sticking around for day two. She is currently in fourth place at 12 over par. Uh, Margaret Ulrich and Clara Kleinig are the two ladies that are sitting first and second. Ulrich just shot a two over par, uh, while Kleinig shot a nine over par to lead the way. So Starbuck sitting in third third place. Amelia Bowles sitting in fourth place currently at this point in time. Logan Nolan for the uh, good, sorry for the Colby Lady Eagles sitting at 18 over par. She currently just outside the top 10. Eleventh, Ali Kier right behind her at 19 over par uh, after 18 holes. Um, Natalie Widerski, number three golfer for the Cowgirl, sorry for the Colby Lady Eagles, 23 over par, sitting in 26 at this point in time as we get ready for day number two to kick off here in an hour or so. But that's what is happening at the Acacia Girls State Golf Tournament. So. All in all, when you look at it, there were 13 girls that qualified. You had two teams of six and one individual. Of those 13, nine of them remain alive. I think, let's see here, six, seven. Yeah, nine of them remain alive at this point in time. So that's very, very good. Nine of them remain alive at this point in time. Two for Goodland, the entire Colby team trying to uh, track down Silver Lake, who leads the way at this point in time in the team standings. Then you, of course, have Amelia Bowles, who's Probably barring just a complete meltdown in the second round, probably looking at a top five finish individually for the for the Lady Buffalo. So there's your update from the Acacia three through one eight state girls golf tournament that will continue today with day two. Uh, that's scheduled to begin at 10 a.m. Central Time with the first golfers off the tee. Uh, I have not looked at the schedule on what time those will be going for day number two. I haven't looked at those yet. I'll have to see if they have that even posted somewhere. Um, See if they have tea times up here. Yes, they do. Round number two, like I said, first girls off the tee at 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, Allie Cure will be off the tee at 10:10, or uh, will be one of the first area girls off the tee. Natalie Cure going off at 10:20. Trying to see when Colby's first. Uh, I think Addie Mullendor is going to go off the tee at 10:30. She'll be the first uh, Lady Eagle off the tee box. There here on day number two. So that's all going on. Heston Golf Course. Show once again, it should be a really nice day to play. Should we have some pretty decent scores, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Like I said, it should be a very interesting team race with four teams still in the hunt. Well, our good friend Riley Gates, who joined us on the show yesterday, he had to sleep good last night. His Dallas Cowboys found a way to beat the Los Angeles Chargers 20-17 last night on Monday Night Football. Dak Prescott, 21 of 30 for 272 and a touchdown. Justin Herbert. 22 of 37 for 227, two touchdowns, but also a costly interception on the final drive, which pretty much sealed, which did seal the win for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. The thing that stands out to me the most about this is, once again, it's it's not about the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys were fine. Uh, this was a lot less of a scoring game than I thought it would be. A little bit more of a defensive struggle than I kind of thought. I thought both teams were able to find the end zone a little bit more. It just didn't happen. Credit to both teams' defenses. But this 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 whole season is and the last couple of years have been all about how the Chargers can't win. 
I think this is their third loss. This they're, they're two and three, and all three losses have been by three or less points. Trust me, as a Husker football fan, I know exactly how you feel. If you're a Chargers fan, know exactly how you feel. But at the same time, I mean, there is so much talent on this L.A. Charger roster. I say it every time that someone brings it up. It's one of the most talented rosters in the league. Herbert, Eckler, who was back. Uh, Gerald Everett, who's a really good tight end. The wide receivers of Palmer, Allen, Quinton Johnson. I know Mike Williams is hurt again, but he's very, very good. They've got so many good players defensively. They've got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Kenneth Murray and Eric Kendricks. There's so much talent. This is a Super Bowl contending roster for the Chargers, but they do not win. They are 2-3. and three. It's unbelievable to me that they cannot win. There's only one more place that you can point to, and that would be coaching. They cannot absolutely, they, they, they have some of the worst coaching decisions ever made. And the Chargers cannot, the coaches can't get out of the way and let the players just be good. It's amazing to me. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Cowboys. Good win. They're a good team themselves. They're a team that underperforms a lot of times, although their win gets them to four and two, whereas, which is, you know, a respectable spot. And they've got some easy games coming up here in the next couple of weeks to help put them in a good position to have a big showdown with the Eagles here in a few weeks. I mean, the Cowboys have got a good team. The Chargers have a good team. It created a good game last night. Finally, a good one for Monday Night Football. They get a lot of the turds, it feels like, anymore. But I just, I just, this all goes back to me about how, yeah, the Cowboys, nice win, fine win. Dak Prescott played very well. But I'm telling you, they, the Chargers just got so much talent but cannot do anything correct cannot do anything correct in the coaching department which leads to bad play on the field and that results in losses i mean they're so talented that they're hanging in all these games despite the bad coaching from brandon staley who is the head coach by the way that's just it just it befuddles me that how much talent is on that chargers team and yet they are they're two and three they're two and three and the Chargers have some very difficult games coming up here. They've got the Chiefs on the road next week. They got to go to the Jets coming up here on November 6th, which I'm not saying that's a hard game defensively, but offensively against that, that's a very good defense that you're going to be playing. Then you got the Lions too at home coming up here the week after that. There's some hard games ahead for the LA Chargers. And this is a team, in my opinion, that should be contending for a Super Bowl. But they just continue to get in their own way and just cannot find ways to win. It blows my mind. So, there you go. Monday Night Football last night. Once again, Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17. Another stop here on the front page here this morning. Uh, MLB postseason uh, continued yesterday. How about the Texas Rangers? 2-0 lead in the ALCS. They did it both on the road. They win yesterday over the Houston Astros. 5-5 score. Big game, Nate Eovaldi uh, was really solid on the bump for the Rangers. Got the win, 6-0, five hits, three runs, nine strikeouts to only one walk. And they took care of Framber Valdez, who's very, very good. Very, very good pitcher. They knocked him out after only two and two-thirds. The Rangers put up four runs in the first. Another insurance run in the third. They didn't do anything the rest of the way, but they didn't really need, they didn't need to, despite uh, the Astros charging back a little bit later on in this one. But 
Rangers sitting comfortably with a 2-0 lead, and then they get a return home to Arlington to now play the next two games. They have a chance to possibly sweep that series. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Uh, and then, of course, in the NLCS, the Phillies take care of my Diamondbacks 5-3, the final score. Here's the biggest takeaway from this. If you're Arizona, it's the first inning. You can't miss against the top. You can't miss against three guys in this lineup. You can't miss against them right now. Bryce Harper being number one. Nick Castellanos, number two. And you can't really screw up with Kyle Schwarber either. Those guys are going to deposit balls in the fans in the outfield. It's going to happen. So either don't throw to them and make other guys beat you. Or pitch better. One of the two. Simple as that. Zach Gallen got taken deep three times. Kyle Schwarber, I think on the very first pitch of the game. Bryce Harper just a few pitches later. So they were already in a 2-0 hole. And then a little bit later on in the second, they get another home run there in the second uh, with Nick Castellanos. So they hit three home runs, and that was enough. And let me tell you, you do not want to let the Phillies, and this is... It doesn't matter who else is in the Major League Playoffs. There's no crowd like it. You do not want to let that insane asylum get going. That place is nutty. That place is nutty. And when those big guys, Schwarber, Harper, Castellanos, when they hit a home run, that just puts another coin in the crazy machine. And that whole place is nuts. Absolutely nuts. So if you're going to win in Philadelphia, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Diamondbacks going forward or whoever plays in the World Series, if the Philadelphia Phillies advance on, you're going to have... To get on them early. You have to suck the life out of that stadium right away. That means you got to score early and you got to keep them down. It's hard to come back on the Phillies when they got they got a great bullpen and they love to jump on pitches. And it's amazing to me, once again, to go back to see how the Phillies, they've won all these games the postseason. It's all about the long ball. All about the long ball. It's about hitting the ball further than everybody else and then getting good effort out of your bullpen. As our good friend Dan Lucero told us weeks ago. So, 5-3 the final. Philadelphia up 1-0 in that series. Game 2 is tonight uh, between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. And honestly, the Diamondbacks have got to win tonight, in my opinion, if they have any chance of winning this series. If they don't win tonight, they have no chance of winning this series. That's my opinion. Might as well just call it. That's my opinion. Feel differently about Rangers and, 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 and Astros. More evenly matched game. Not the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. So, Arizona has got to win a game in Game 2 to give themselves any confidence going forward. I know it's a seven-game series and it's early. Just believe you got to get the confidence going early if you're going to get a win like this. So there's your MLB postseason once again. That uh, game tonight between Phillies and Diamondbacks. That's a 707 Central, 607 Mountain Time first pitch on TBS. And last but certainly not least, uh, big news for Kansas basketball. And I don't think it was a surprise, but the Kansas men's basketball team uh, earns himself the number one ranking in the preseason AP poll. Fourth time in the poll history that they enter the season ranked number one. KU receiving 46 of a possible 65 first place votes from the AP panel. Uh, Duke ranked second, had 11 first place votes. Purdue, Michigan State, Marquette. They rounded up the top five of the AP preseason poll. Uh, therefore, the Kansas men's basketball team, it, honestly, they should be. Uh, according to uh, Coach Bill Self, this was his quotes with our returning starters and the players we've added through the portal. 
I can see the Riders putting us high in the rankings. We welcome being the preseason number one, but the goal is to be playing to that rank when it counts the most at the end of the season, end quote from KU head coach Bill Self. Not a surprise. Once again, you added the best big man and player in the portal in Hunter Dickinson, and you're going to pair him with one of the best coaches that loves to use the big man in college basketball right now. That's Bill Self. you got to think that's going to be really, really good. They've added some other very nice pieces, even with the loss of Arteria Morris. They've got plenty of other very good pieces on that roster returning. This should be the number one team in the country, and it is. No doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. And I want to make sure I... I wanted to make sure I saw... Um, I think Kansas State might have made it. I think... I want to look that up real quick. I think Kansas State made it as well. I think they were 25th. No, they did not. They did not make it. Okay. I thought maybe they were going to make it there at the top 25. They actually received some votes, but they are not in the top 25. Colorado received a good number of votes as well, but they're not in the top 25 either. So Kansas, once again, number one in the preseason men's college basketball poll. There you go. There's the news for today. Uh, Once again, not a surprise. Once again, the Kansas getting all the love. They no doubt deservedly deserve it with the work they've done in the offseason. Can they put it all together? Can they have the success late in the season? That, of course, is the biggest thing. And, of course, Bill Self understands that and gets that. But it's not about how you begin the season. It's how you end it, particularly in college basketball. All right, that'll do it for our first segment here today. That is the front page. Uh, Great stuff there. Let's get to a break. When we come back, we will be joined by Hoxie head football coach Lance Barr. Just picked up career win number 100 this past Friday with his team's big win over Quinter. We'll get his thoughts on that victory. Uh, and what to expect going forward, including a very big game this Friday against Rollins County. That's all next here on the Morning Blitz.